Hello and welcome to Chaplain's Word of the Day. I'm Chaplain Otis Corbett and I invite you to come along with me as we explore God's Word so that we can be inspired, challenged, and comforted together. Hello, I'm Otis Corbett and today I want to share a word about the best gift of all as I comment on 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Now this is the last of four episodes in which we've explored the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Previously, we've looked at how Christians are empowered by the Spirit for ministry, and we've also discussed the free gift of the Holy Spirit and the spiritual gifts that He gives us. The last time we were together, we explored the sign gifts. Now, all of God's gifts to His children are wonderful, but the best of all, according to Paul, is the gift of loving people the way God does. In 1 Corinthians 12, 31, after Paul had talked a great deal about the gifts of the Spirit, he instructed the church at Corinth in this way, But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. And that way is the way of love. The way of love. Love, while probably the most common topic for movies, books, and songs, is also one of the most misunderstood topics of those literary genres. An example of this is the famous line from the movie Love Story, which goes, Love means never having to say you're sorry. Huh? What does that even mean? A better way of describing love was told to me by a warrant officer in my National Guard unit many years ago. He had just lost his mother to a long and difficult illness, and he said to me with tears in his eyes, Chaplain, no one ever loves you like your mother does. Love is often a precious commodity in the church. It was for good reason that the evangelist Vance Havner once said, You can be as straight as a gun barrel theologically and just as empty spiritually. So Paul taught the church at Corinth, and he teaches us about God's love because this is something that is difficult for us. And we need God's help to be able to love people the way God loves. Paul begins by saying that love enriches. Love enriches. Verses 1 through 3 say, If I speak In the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all that I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but I have not love, I gain nothing. There's only one goal for God's type of love. It isn't to get something in return for the love given. And it isn't to make a show of bestowing that love. It is solely intended to enrich the one who is loved. My brother-in-law once said, after he had had his first child, now that we don't farm the way we used to, when we needed large families to do all the work that we do today with machines, there is really no logical reason to have kids. You have children to give love to them. You have them to give love to them. Paul, who was not a stranger to leadership and who was quite gifted in ministry, made a powerful point here. It does not matter what gift you have if you don't have love. You may be a great leader, but without love you will be ineffective. You may be a great supporter, but without love your support is useless. 
You may do miracles, but without love, they'll be just a sideshow. A skilled surgeon who doesn't care can cause death just like one who isn't skilled. Our God is our model of our enriching love by creating the world, by sending His only begotten Son to die for us, by sending His Holy Spirit to empower us, and by preparing mansions for us in heaven. So love enriches, but love does more than that. It edifies. Verses 4 through 7 say, Love is patient and kind. It does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Now to reach its goal, love must act. Love is not a feeling, it is action. We may not feel affectionate about someone, but you can still love them because love is a behavior. It's not an attitude. In our youth group in our home church where I grew up, we had a saying, you don't have to like me, but you do have to love me. Love acts in the best interests of the one who is loved. Love does not lose patience, and it allows for mistakes. Love gives the benefit of the doubt, and it doesn't jump to conclusions. Love is empathetic and helps us to feel the way others do. And our God, again, is our model of enriching love in action. When we hated Him, He loved us. When we slandered Him, He gave us His truth in the Bible. When we abandoned Him, He chose us. You see, God loves us even better than a mother does. So God's love enriches, and God's love edifies. Paul also tells us that God's love endures. Verse 8 tells us, Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. Verse 13 also affirms this idea. So now faith, hope, and love abide these three. But the greatest of these is love. See, love has a goal to enrich. Love has a method to edify. And love has a guarantee it will endure. True love will never end. Infatuation, lust, and affection all fade, but love doesn't. You see, you can't really fall out of God's type of love. Because while our abilities and gifts will end, God's love never will. Love will never end because it's a gift from God. This kind of love comes only from God, who is our model of enduring love. Because God is eternal, so is His love. And in fact, we know in 1 John it tells us that God is love. So we must turn to God for His kind of love to work in our lives. So love enriches, love edifies, love endures, and finally, love grows with experience of it. Verses 9 through 12 teach us, For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I gave up childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I have been known fully. Loving like this is not a natural act. 
Naturally, we are selfish and self-centered. Naturally, we prefer it if others don't succeed because that's less competition for us. In our natural state, we would make this uh, world a hell on earth. All we have to do to prove that is to point to the ethnic cleansing that took place in Hitler's Germany, in the former Yugoslavia, and in Rwanda. Loving like God does is not a natural act, so it takes time to learn how to live and love like God. We must be taught and nurtured, and we must practice and make mistakes. We must ourselves grow and mature in the Lord. For all of this, we need to be transformed by God by being saved in Jesus Christ. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome our weaknesses, and we need the willingness to be taught and corrected. Paul is our model of growing love. In him, we see the power of God to place the love of God in our hearts and the practice of God's love in our lives. He went from being an accomplice to murder and a persecutor of the church, to becoming the first Christian missionary, and to writing half of the New Testament, including this treatise on love which we have examined today. Paul could not have such an amazing life change without the power of God, which he gave to Paul through the Holy Spirit. I'm grateful that this same gift and same power is available to us, God's people, today. So in conclusion, seek the gift of loving the way God does. It will bless Him. It will bless you. It will bless those God puts in your life. What better gift could we want? And what better gift could we exercise? Thanks for listening. I'll be back soon with another word from the Bible we can consider together. Every blessing, I'm Dr. Otis Corbett. Thanks for listening. I'll be back soon with another portion of God's Word that we can consider together. Every blessing, I'm Chaplain Otis Corbett.